Hey, quick, quick question before we get into uh, like the actual stuff about the show. Just, just, just for for kicks and giggles, which character do y'all think is being d- displayed the worst on Winning Time right now? Like, which one do y'all think is looking the worst by far? Or even if it's a close race, who do you think looked the worst? Bro, it gotta be Magic. Because even really? though Magic is the start of the show, and Magic got that charm, and he doing a good job playing Magic, because there's no doubt that Magic got charm. He called Ma- his name Magic Johnson for a reason. Mm-hmm. But like, with with his, you know, his illness, we knew Magic was wilding, but to see it illustrated... <laughs> <laughs> Dog, when that man when that man told Cookie, you ain't my friend, you just some chick I used to hit. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Even like, if that's he, not gonna be your wife. Even if not knowing 75% true. That man was a diabolical, <laughs> diabolical <laughs> <A minute> villain. <laughs> outside the church, hitting shorty outside the church, talking about so and then coming and giving the and giving the revenue a what? But for me, it's Cookie, bro. Low-key, it's Cookie. Because, bro, I'm telling you, Cookie had to have been tougher than that, bro. She, The stuff she taking from Magic, it's no way a girl took that from, from one person, bro. Like, she was taking that from broke Magic before, she, before he got rich. You know that, right? I mean, in all fairness, in all fairness to Cookie, you saw what she did to his new man. You saw. Like, that's... <laughs> you kind of got to go with bro after that. You know what I mean? It's like if, if a man tried to fight... It's like if Will Smith would have went up on stage and Chris Rock would have gave him the meanest two-piece of biscuit we ever seen. <laughs> if, if Jada chews up to Chris after that, you can't be mad. You got to live with that. I'm going to say Kareem, bro. I'm going to say Kareem. Kareem looking terrible right now. Like, not only is it like, oh, like, you're not a good human being. Like, why would you tell a kid to f off? What part of what part of Islam is that, bro? Like, no offense <laughs> to your religion, but what part was like when you see a child, be rude to them, help them to understand? What, where, where is that, bro? Like, I'm sorry, I haven't read the Quran, so I'm not gonna pretend like I know it. But telling a child to f off may be the worst thing I've ever seen. And then on top of all that, with all of this, I want to make a statement. I want to use my voice in a certain way, and that's your wife. That that woman is your wife? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Real interesting, Mr. Uh, Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Kareem is down bad from this show. I ain't gonna lie. Kareem is yeah. down bad. Boy, but everybody... Time, I feel like we, we kind of knew those things. Like, I thought we knew that Kareem kind of turned, a, turned a, a new leaf or a better leaf, like, later in his life. I Now, I knew that... I knew that... Um, I knew about Kareem's wife before this. Like, that's not yeah. a surprise. I, you know, you knew that. You saw his son. It was like, oh, what? That that part you knew. But you didn't know. Well, I personally didn't know that he was like, hey, bro, I'm done. I ain't, I ain't running these drills. Like, I, I just knew. Y'all are running rubbed, those drills. I just heard from stories you rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I didn't know to what extent. But... But that's the thing. It like, all right, so when you hear somebody rub people the wrong way in the 70s, if you were anti-racist now, you rub people the wrong way. Being anti-racist <laughs> in the 70s, like, you would imagine, all right, just from yeah. being that, you're going to piss a lot of people. I didn't know he was like, hey, bro, I'm done practicing. Like, bro, we got like 20 minutes left in practice. No, right. y'all got 20 <laughs> minutes left in practice. I'll catch up, boys, in the shower. But anyway. All right, so we got to get into this uh, would you rather question and, and, and then we're going to get into the show. Would you rather speak every language or play every instrument? 
Man, I'm the one that put this in the rundown and I still don't have an answer. Really? Because those are two things that's just like those two things that if you either had had either one of those skills, I'm not even looking at it from a financial standpoint. They will both like benefit you crazily financially. But like even like you would just be like one of the most interesting people on planet Earth if you had both of those skills. I, you know, I got to go with uh, playing the instrument, man. I got to go with so? playing the instrument. And, and let me tell you why, bro. When I hear the music that was produced in like the 70s and 80s when everybody knew how to play multiple uh multiple song or multiple right. instruments. Like I heard the song like uh speaking of winning time when when Magic Johnson came in playing knee deep. I heard it and it instantly woke up something in me that I was like, I need to listen to this again. And I'm like, I was listening, I'm like, what is so different about this to today's music? Because today's music samples this. It's just there's something missing in right. those those people really played those instruments. Like they're these people are right. really on the little the little electronic uh, accordion blowing into it. Rod Zapper Rogers, like that's what they did. They really knew it. So I, I think I had to play every instrument, man, because it just I don't know what it is, but it's something about music that incorporates like multiple diverse instruments that like it makes it a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Chris, which ones? Man, speak in any language or play any instrument, man. I'm going to have to go language. And here's why. For those that don't know, my career is like a, a I'm a minority in my career. Like most people are already in a professional career. Most of us are minorities in our career. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of times where you go out the state, you go out the country for work and you don't have no clue what they saying. And it could be talking about yeah. you. So I would do. I will be listening, not even let them know I speak every language. I'll be listening and then I'll act after I, after I, no, I'll react after I listen. You know what I mean? I'll react to everything they said and they'll be like, how did he, how did he know? How did he know we was about to, you know what I mean? Then they'll then they be trying to talk in the other language, seeing what I do know. Then it would just be funny a loop of them trying to figure out if I speak the same language or if I'm reading their mind. They'll be going crazy, and I'll be having a ball doing it. You know what I mean? So, But see, that's that's kind of the exact reason I wouldn't want to speak every language, because, like, you know, as <laughs> yeah. in the words of Walter White, I am the danger, right? Like, as a large black man, you know people think certain things about you. Like, the fact that I can string together two sentences has made almost every teacher and professor I've had since, like, sixth grade say, you're so well-spoken. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's one of the good ones. This is this is interesting. And and so, you know, like, if we, if we could just not, like, if I could just not hear anti-blackness in Arabic and whatever language they speak in, New Zealand speaks English, don't they? Does New um, Zealand yeah, have their own I, language? I think that's their. I think English is their national language. Yeah. So, like, well, okay, well, not New Zealand, but to not hear anti-blackness in every language would be great. It would just be great. Like, yeah, I don't need to know. Great. I don't need to know what your word is for black folks. That like, I don't need to know. But for, example, just, for, for example, it's uh, we had a complaint from Thailand not too long ago, and they was on the call with us. Speaking in a different language and then saying English to us after they laugh. It was like, what are y'all saying? You know what I mean? Right. And it, you know, I know they weren't talking directly at me because of a team of us on the call, but mm. it would be good to be that inside man that every time something, you would make so much money doing that because you would be so good at your job wherever you do. If you could speak any language and you deal with international people, you would be so good at any job. 
Yeah, and Again, I, like I, for the for the sake of traveling and just like business opportunities, I might go a language because even if you know how to play every instrument, you still have to find like a lane or avenue in order to monetize that. Because you can be the greatest musician ever and still, you know, have not traveled, still be broke, things like that. I mean, but that's that's the part of it. Like honestly, at this point in life, this is gonna sound terrible. Um, like money ain't really like that much of a like problem for me. Like, yes, I could use more. Not saying I'm rich and like, hey, no, you know what I mean? Don't don't nobody think that Gibbs could not use more money. That's not the case. <laughs> hey, I'm like, the show. My viewpoint different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I'm I'm like, you know what I mean? I like my job, I make good money, I, I get to travel, you know, my job fly me to different places and all that, but like, eh, I just, you know, hey. Uh, again, in the words of Mario Winans in the tub, fully clothed, I don't want to know. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, hey, silly when he's a... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Hey, that, like Sada Baby said, a grandma related to the Winans. But that's another story for another time. We got to talk about this 100th episode special. Folks, we have been going at it for 100 episodes, and y'all have been here for 100 episodes. So, we got some good stuff rolling today. We got the national championship to talk about. We got more LeBron talk, more Lakers talk. We got it. We're going to have to talk about them a lot more than we want to at this point because they're a team that might not make the play in. But we got to talk about them anyway. And we got to talk about a guy that if his team was counting on him, they wouldn't make the play in and James Harden. And would Rudy Gobert make the Mavs a champion? We're going to talk about that as well as the NBA standings. And the inaugural Slandy Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, the Grammys just passed. The Grammys honor all of the best acts in music, all of the best musicians. And folks, the Slandys are gonna are, are going to acknowledge our most accurate slander of any coach, player, or team. Because we all have slandered, and we all have been wrong sometimes, but by golly. We do this for a living. We've all been right a lot, too. So we're going to get in all of it. It sound like a good show to y'all? Sound good to me. Oh, great show. 100 episodes, baby. All righty. Well, before we get into that, head over to the Facts Over Acts TikTok page. We are Facts Over Acts 22. I broke down the pop pickup challenge there, but I'm going to break it down one more time here, folks. We give you the chance to turn 30 into 1,000. Just sign up or subscribe every month from the beginning of football season all the way through the end. Have a higher winning percentage than all three of us. We are not combining our win percentages. It's going to be individual, folks. Have a higher winning percentage than all three of us, and you'll be entered into a chance to win $1,000. The more the merrier, the more folks get into it, the higher the grand prize gets, all right? So, what's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew, where the pod is trying to get you paid. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. You got the little old MC, that is me, Ken Gibbs, and we got the money man, the man of the plan, Chris Allen in the building. How you doing, Chris? Right here, right here. I'm, I'm messing up the intro terribly today, but we live, so we just got to keep it rolling. <laughs> and this is why I appreciate my, my co-hosts, because they work with me when I'm having a tough day. But speaking of tough days, man, Kansas pulls out a, a close win over North Carolina in the championship game, uh, in the men's basketball championship game. And some people are saying that this is the, well, first of all, statistically speaking, it is the uh, largest comeback in NCAA championship history as far as basketball goes. Is this a game where, you know, you think to yourself, UNC wasn't really supposed to be here. Them just getting there is a great thing. Or is this a moment where you're looking like, hey, y'all just, you, you blew it. You folded. What do you think? 
Um, so I think I think it's a little mix of of both. I think it's more of the fact that UN, UNC folded, and it's not necessarily uh, their fault. They're a well they're a well coached team. They got here for a reason. Um, I think with, with Hubert Davis coaching his team, they have a, a lot more uh, Final Fours in their future. But Kansas mm-hmm. was ranked number one for a reason, and they had the number three recruiting class um, last last summer for a reason. They simply yeah. just just outplayed UNC, and uh, I think it's just a testament to um, Kansas's coaching staff and and th- their entire coaching staff because really great recruiting classes and, and especially in basketball aren't really a thing anymore. With people you know being able to get paid now, with players being eligible once they hit a certain age, a lot of players jumping over to the G League, a lot of uh, you know, revered coaches like a Penny Hardaway coaching over in Memphis. These smaller schools are getting a lot of good recruits. HBCUs are getting a lot of good recruits. And teams aren't really looking to play for like these historic programs anymore. So I think it's just a testament to Kansas uh, playing good all season and just being simply more talented than UNC when it was time to win. They won. I think UNC has nothing to, to hang their head about. They only lost about three points, which is going to be tough to get over. I mean, we've all played sports on a high level to some extent so those those i feel like the losses that are close are are much much more tougher appeals to swallow than them getting blown out but at the same time i think that i think that they're fine they made a lot of mistakes down the stretch but at the but they don't have any players on that team that are significantly talented enough or they didn't make great enough runs in this ncaa tournament to say hey these guys are leaving a program we might not get another year with them so if a bunch of those guys come back next year i think they they are more than you know legitimate enough to make another run okay all right chris what you thinking man was this kansas winning it or was this uh carolina losing it hey man i was listening thinking my guy was talking he he made some valid points and i didn't want to be this guy but i'm gonna be this guy <laughs> This would have been the only thing that made people forget about the North Carolina Colts topic <laughs> beginning of the season. <laughs> For our listeners that don't listen to basketball, haven't listened to us, the comment he made this season was, yes, I'm happy. And I'm not quoting him. I'm saying it, paraphrasing. Yes, I am happy to be the first black coach of North Carolina Tar Heels. But I'm most happy about my white wife at home, his white wife at home. Now I have no problem with white people at all, and I have no problem in being prideful of of your wife and who your wife is. But that's some useful to win the whole thing if you're gonna make a comment like that. You know what I mean? That that's something you gotta you gotta win because ain't nobody gonna forget that comment. Now they're gonna be like, he said all that stuff, did all that, had all that controversy, and then he lost. Not to mention they came in at the eighth seed for one. So that already smelled a little stinky right there. But anyway, back to the game. Kansas just got big fellas, man. Like, if you look at yeah. that Kansas roster, bro, most – if you look at the last six college championship, it was the teams with the best big fellas. Big, best big fellas, man. And it goes all the way back to Anthony Davis was in college. Best big fella. Carl Anthony Thomas, best big fella. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are usually the teams that have the most success in this tournament because you know what you can't you can't have a streaky night on having big fellas. Yeah. You can have the best yeah, shooters in the world, but if they have a cold night in that tournament, it's over with. Big fellas yeah. back to the basket, that's always on. That's gonna be there day and night. So that's why I think the difference was Kansas had them big fellas, man. You know what I find so interesting about this game? 
Uh, Baycott was out there on one leg, basically, because he got hurt toward the end of the uh, Duke game. And and McCormick had, I want to say it was 11 or 9 points up to that point. And then all of a sudden, he just was not going to be stopped in the paint. He just, he, at that point, there was not a lot of score going on, but he was the one finishing off, finishing off possessions for Kansas. So I think it's a it's an unfortunate situation where uh, a lack of depth hurt hurt UNC a lot. But I mean, as a NC State grad, gotta enjoy this. It's it's, it's great. <laughs> and, you know, I for, for all the Tar Heels out there saying, "Oh, when you had to get another team and do your bidding, and you all were last in the ACC." Well, guess what? That's only in men's basketball. In every other major North American sport, we've beaten you all. I mean, every single one of them. You haven't got a single win off us all year, except in baseball, where we still won the series. All righty. So, um, no, but back to the game. Seriously, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love struggles and terrible shot selection is what I think was the the crux of this game. Those two went 10 of 41. 10 of 41. Y'all want to guess like what hard they, in March? <laughs> y'all y'all want to guess what they went? Do y'all want to guess what they went from deep? Because this is worse than Harden. This here will make them pray for James Harden's percentage. Y'all want to guess what they went from deep? Oh for oh for thirteen, oh for fourteen, something like that. Close, one of thirteen. Okay, yeah, I know they. I know they missed a lot when I was watching, man. man. <laughs> if you are, at some point in time, you have to look up and say, you know what. We are struggling greatly uh, to make shots, and we need to go ahead and get this ball inside. You've got to say that. If you got half a lick of sense, you're going to say that. But anyway, those two are going to be back next year. So, uh, well, they're probably going to be back next year. So we'll we'll see what happens there, and we'll see if they, uh, after another year maturing, get better and, and all that good stuff or if it'll be a whole other bunch of yin-yang and riffraff. But I, I think that this this was a moment that, this was a moment that reflects what I say about college basketball a lot. You can turn a terrible season into a good one in three wins. Like, objectively speaking, they were not underseeded. UNC being an eight seed was correct. And yet they're in the national championship. Yeah. Just off winning three games. So their, their season is now a good one because of these three games. But there were also two more games that we need to talk about that are pretty important here. UNC beat Duke in Cameron and Coach K's last ever ACC home game, and they put Duke out the Final Four. Does that outweigh the loss in the national championship to y'all? Um, I think it does. Mm-hmm. I think it does because, mm-hmm. honestly, I think if you look at college basketball over the course of the past few years, these big games just get a lot more attention than uh, national championship games. Like, what is the what, what is the last national championship game that you've seen in college basketball where it, it was like this memorable game that you just remembered for forever? I feel like it's been a long time since we've seen one. Uh, Michigan-Louisville. That would probably be the last right, one. Right, and that was, what, uh, uh, 10 years ago, right? Yeah, just about. Trey Burke was in that game, so yeah, yeah. it had to be a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's Coach K's last game. Duke's biggest rival is North Carolina. So I think that holds a lot more weight in just spoiling, you know, his his final game as opposed to going on to losing because that that program goes on and they do even better next season. A lot of people aren't even going to remember remember that loss. So. Mm. 
Chris, what you thinking? Is this nah? Is this how nah. Oh, nah. No? Okay. Nah. <laughs> just based just based off of at the end of the day, Coach K is a winner, regardless. At the end of the day, you can't take that nothing away from Coach K. At the end of the day, Coach K got so many accolades. Like he's the he's literally, literally the Phil Jackson of college basketball. Like, you're not gonna find better than Coach K coming out of college basketball at all. So at the end of the day, you winning and then losing to a team like to me that Duke team was the best team on paper in the in the whole tournament. So mm-hmm. yes, you 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 probably took down the mo- the most loaded team, but you lost to a team that if Duke played, I think it would have been a, a a slaughter. Like I really don't think they stood a chance against Duke, just the way they matched up because Duke, that Duke team was probably the best team on paper. So yeah. I mean, to me, an L is an L in the tournament. You got knocked out. You got knocked out. Can't nothing change that. I mean, especially the coach's comments at the beginning of the season. I'm going to let that slide, though. That's my last time I'm bringing up. Episode 100, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me ask. It's a reason that we got the Slandy Awards. We're going to slander your favorites. We're going to slander your favorites, favorite, and we probably going to slander their favorite, too. But now, I, I'm going to say this. As somebody who lives in, in Central North Carolina and has, like, been around this rivalry at a high clip, I'm telling you right now, those North Carolina fans do not care about that loss in the national championship. They got to say that they beat Duke twice, once to end Coach K, last game in Cameron, and to put them out the Final Four. Oh, trust me, they walking on sunshine. You you can't tell them nothing. They know. They know that they got to go. Let, mm-hmm. let me explain something to you. I do a podcast uh, for Locked On Podcast Network, and, and I do Locked On ACC uh, with, with the, the wonderful host, Candice Cooper, over there. She's a great A professional, great at what she does now. Um, we we talked about, you know, how intense this robbery was and all that. But we also had to warn fans, do not lose your job on Monday based on something you say about this game on Saturday. Based on something you do to a, a fan of the opposing school. Based on the, it's a few robberies like that in, in all of sports. And this is one of those. This is one of them. It's in that top echelon of like, is this the greatest rivalry in all of college sports? It's in that debate. It's in that in that stratosphere. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's honestly one of those moments that's like, even if Hubert Brown never gets him back, he'll be known as the guy who ends, who ended um Coach K's career. And now, speaking of a guy who said he would have played for Coach K had he gone to college, which I think is a lie, because unless Coach K was coming with the right kind of bread, let's be honest with ourselves. But anyway, LeBron James. Some people's goat, some people's stat pattern. We've got uh, LeBron looking like he is going to win an NBA scoring title, but the Lakers are struggling to fight and stay in play in contention, not playoff contention. The boys cooked. Brian not playing tonight, and they got Phoenix tonight. That's over. Oh, that's over. You know what they they got at the Phoenix? Who? The Golden again. State. Oh, but Curry ain't playing though. Ain't you know what? They, you know what they got at the Golden State? They the got Nuggets? the Bills. Somewhat. No, they got the Thunder. Oh, but oh. but do you know what team hasn't beaten the Thunder this year? The Lakers. The Lakers. Wait, they gave up two twenty point leads against them, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Them boys. Do you, are do you know who? Good. You know who's? You know who's after the Thunder? Who? The Nuggets. It's a GG on this season. <laughs> I think even it, look, look, they need the Spurs to almost lose three of the last four, and they got to win out basically. Well, 
Uh, Lakers Nation, I'm sorry to tell you, this team won't be making a play in. Surely won't be sniffing the well. As a matter of fact, this team is probably going to end up in the lottery. They, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. With that being said, um, fellas, is this season a wash for LeBron? Like, is this a season that hurts his legacy in a meaningful way to y'all? Or what do you think? Does this, does this scoring title outweigh the team's woes in essence? Yes. And here's why. Right now, him missing the playoffs, in my eyes, is one unexcusable and inexcusable. And that scoring title means nothing right now. However, the narrative 20 years from now, because we we've seen the narrative change on basketball season. I think all of us doing this podcast are lifelong basketball fans. Mm-hmm. So with the popularity of basketball booming in the late 2000s, early 2010s, and with the relevance of, with the relevance of social media coming into, into the fold, we've seen multiple situations in which people have tried to change the narrative on things that we've seen with our very own eyes. Yeah. So I think the narrative from this season is less about is less about LeBron missing the playoffs because a lot of people are going to overlook the fact that he missed the playoffs. A lot of people aren't going to go look at a record or games from a season 10 years ago. If they do bring that up, they're going to say, well, hey, look who he was playing with. And I feel like as much time is going on to where you can slander those players and maybe get away with it. But that scoring title is forever going to be in those history books. That's very fair. That is very fair. So I think right I think right now it tarnishes his legacy short term. But long term, that, that scoring title is going to be a part of his legacy. And, you know, it, it especially with basketball fans, it's championship or bust. Regardless if they made the playoffs or not, the Lakers weren't going to win a championship this season. That's, you know, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Chris, what you thinking? I'm keeping a buck with y'all, bro. That scoring title don't mean nothing at all. I'm sorry. Short term, long term. Yes, you're 37, but that's my argument. You're 37, and you let them assemble a team like this, knowing your prime days are soon to go away, knowing that, yes, you led the league in scoring, yes, you're going to pass Kareem in all-time points, and you're going to be the only player in four categories probably in top five. LeBron might be the only player ever in four categories top five. Mm -hmm. But the problem is all that came – with the cost. You lost a year that you've been balling out of your mind. And now you'll be 38 next season. How much longer do you think you're going to be able to get championships? If you want to be the best to ever live, you need championships. You've been to the finals 10 times. Some people already gave you the nod. I've given you the nod. LeBron is the best player to ever play. But to cement that legacy and make it where it's going to be real hard for somebody to build a case against you, because... Don't get me wrong. When LeBron first got to the league, I was like, no, there's no way Jordan gets passed. You know what I mean? Because Jordan's resume was that packed. LeBron's resume is that packed, but it's also to the point where Giannis, if Giannis could win six and lose two, I don't know if we really... Hey, Chris, Chris, knock it off. Listen, Chris, (laughs) knock it off. Listen, Giannis is my age. Giannis is 26. Yeah, and, and, and Chris's defense, and Chris's defense... Giannis got a championship way earlier than LeBron got a championship. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. Giannis is 26, dude. I'm gonna say this, and y'all not gonna like it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and and we just gonna have to own this. His game is based entirely too much off athleticism to say like, oh, it'll naturally evolve into what 
LeBron is. Gibbs, he learned in the three ball now, though. I mean, you listen, he shoots he the three ball. Well, he hit a step thing. back. He hit a step the same back thing three. about LeBron. How, how many seasons is, is Giannis into the league? Six? This is six year? He's 26, uh, so. so I think it's his eighth year, actually, or seventh year. Seven years into LeBron's career, people were saying he can't shoot, he can't post. Giannis is doing that now. Giannis he's 1-0 in the finals. 1-0 in the finals. Beat a team uh, that everybody had him losing to. And it uh, looked like he got the East on lock now that the Nets look like they struggling. It looked like Giannis got the East on lock. Giannis definitely win another championship. Giannis is season. the first player to average 30, 10, and 5 on 55% shooting and still being the best defensive player on his team. The only I player to ever you. do that. Listen, I hear you. I am right here with you. But let me tell you something about this NBA. It is a copycat league. And once they see, all right, bet, like, we cannot beat him in this way. There will be a different way implemented. And the different way is generally going to yield success at some point in time, just like we saw with LeBron up against the Mavs. They said, all right, we're uh, we're going to box him one this, and we're going to trust that he's going to miss a good, good chunk of these shots, and the players around him will let him get theirs. He's not going to get his. It worked out. When we saw the, the Bucks get put out by the Heat, what happened? They simply said, oh, we got the Yana stopper, number one, but number two, whenever he's in transition – let those three-point shooters get what they want. Three people. Wall. Make them figure it hey, out. Hey, listen, 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 listen. Phoenix tried that at the playoffs. Brooklyn just tried that the last game. Listen, listen, listen. Giannis, Giannis is that. DeAndre Ayton ain't that guy. I'm sorry. He is <laughs> not I, that guy. I, I hear you get, in the middle of that wall. I, I, I mean, hear you get. The, 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 the Heat tried it. Who did the the Heat tried it again. Down. And the, the, the Bucks whooped the wheels off the, 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 the defending this. Eastern Conference champions. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If Giannis gets up to three, four, five championships, I will gladly admit I was very wrong about this. I don't think I will be. I don't. We've. Listen, the thing man. is, what the we dude saw, is 26. I, dude. I hear you. I hear you. But what we got to understand, players who transition from one thing to another are generational. That is not every day. That's not Kobe was the last we one knew. to take his game from one thing to something entirely different and still be like, oh damn, he's one of the best in the game at doing that. He's the only one before Le- between Kobe and LeBron. Who's the last one to do? Or who who did it between them? That changed from you're the best in the game at this to go do that and still be one of the best. Not, oh, he's good, but he changed and he's still one of the best. Listen, listen, bro. Seven years after Kobe came Brian. Guess how many years after Gian, uh, Brian, Giannis is? Seven, eight years after Brian came into the league. Or it might be 10 years after Brian came into the league. Nah, about, more about 10. Yeah. Hey, all I'm saying could, is, again, all I'm I saying is, Giannis is that wrong. deal. And Brian, if you want to submit your legacy and make sure that nobody surpasses you, championships at this stage of your career is all that should be on your mind. Not no scoring title. Because Giannis yeah. can go get him three of them if he wanted to. Well, let me let me tell you this then. Let me tell you this. Who is LeBron competing against for the best player ever or the GOAT conversation? Jordan right now. Mike? Who's the oldest scoring champion ever at the moment? LeBron Mike. will be, but Mike is. But yeah. who 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 is? Mike. 
Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. This means a lot to his legacy. Whether or not people want to admit it, when people talk about who did what and what the what oh he he was well when Jordan led the team in scoring, they won the championship. Great. That's more proof that LeBron has had to do more with less. That's clear evidence. This guy scored more and did not get a ring. At old at an older age. His his alleged the guy that was supposed to be the quote unquote one B, not even his second in command. Their relationship was supposed to be what him and Dwayne Wade's relationship was. In that when they came in, when he went to the Heat, it was Dwayne LeBron, one A, one B. Neither one was really like a true second. We can agree to that, right? And then over time, over time, Dwayne Wade told LeBron, if we're going to win a championship, this has to be your team. LeBron should be looking at Anthony Davis, who is seven years younger than him, saying, if we're going to win, this has to be your team. You got to take this over. You ain't saying nothing wrong, Gibbs, but I'm just saying. Scoring title and you don't even make the play. Bro, let me just say the narrative that's going to come with this, right, Gibbs? Mm -hmm. He won a scoring title. I get the narrative you push him. But they gave you two extra spots in the playoffs, and you still couldn't get one of them? And again, let me further explain why that works in LeBron's favor. Mm-hmm. You look at that. There again, the three game stretch, or not three game stretch, the three and seven stretch, where the Lakers only won if he dropped fifty plus. That's that is insanity I, I, to ask of a thirty seven year old. That is insanity. I get it, gets, I get it, gets, but all them points gotta get some results in the in the in the postseason, bro. Some I hear you. Like, I hear you. Get there at you. least. You know, he lost in the first round. I'll respect it more, but they're not even gonna make the play in, bro. The play you only have to be better than the Pelicans or the I'm Spurs. Gonna you, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Who on uh who on those Jordan squads was shooting as poorly as Russell Westbrook that was expected to be? Who was defending at the level. <laughs> Patrick Mills, a 32-year-old Patty Mills, went off for his career high. There are at least four players that I can think of that got their career highs on them off the top of my head. All guards. Patty Mills, Dennis Schroeder. Didn't Jalen Brown get a career high against them or no? Who did, who did he get nah, his? He, he got 50 against Orlando. Okay, so I know it was Patty Mills, Dennis Schroeder, and um, was, it, was it Anthony Edwards? Was it Anthony Edwards that got like 50? Against them, or I know it was it was one of the got young, a lot. It was one of the young bucks that set something crazy on them. Like, dog, you can't. There is nothing you can tell. And again, just those first two names alone should tell you their guards were playing the <laughs> top. Patty Mills and Dennis Schroeder. Dennis ba- Dennis Schroeder will not be remembered for that career high. You know what he will be remembered for? Fumbling an eighty-four million dollar bag. That is what he will be remembered for for the rest of his life. And you let that guy put up a career high against you. Patty Mills, career knockdown shooter. He hey, does hey, Gibbs, not have Gibbs, any Gibbs. other responsibility. You, you talking about Russ now, bro. We talking about Brian. But that's, Chris, that's my point. You cannot I, I'm look just at, saying, bro. You can't, I, I'm if sorry. You're telling me, if you're telling me, so prime example, right? If you talk about uh, football and why certain players are the best and certain players are not, right? Many people say, oh, Marino can't be in a conversation because he doesn't have rings. The, the, the flat, unmitigated gall of people to say that, because, again, if you look at 
what he had against some of the other players who did win rings, it's not even – there is no comparison. So when I'm looking at Brian, a 37-year-old who's going to win a scoring title, not only going to win a scoring title, going to win a scoring title and had multiple stretches where – or had a stretch where if he didn't put up 50, they didn't win? What type of team is that? Expecting right, a 37-year-old right, right. to put up 50? <laughs> hey, what listen, type listen. of team do you have? Now, now, this is why I love Gibbs. I knew Gibbs was going to come prepared, right? So I can't prepare too, guy. I did my homework on Gibbs, you know? And I'm going to pull a Gibbs on Well, Gibbs. talk to me. Talk let, to let, me. Right. Let me, talk let me pull a Gibbs on Gibbs. Let me pull a Gibbs on Gibbs. You're talking about all these points LeBron scored, right? Mm-hmm. What's your argument usually? The best availability, the best ability is availability. LeBron yeah, did all this scoring, and yeah. he missed more games this season Almost did he did the last season. He got seriously injured. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Gibbs, the best ability is availability. Yeah. Him doing all this scoring actually hurt his team and put him in this position as well. Not just Russell Westbrook. LeBron did that as well because he was chasing points. Okay. All right. So, so, so what you're saying here is the hey, no, you got to say that's right? a good argument right? though. That's it a is, good argument. Is, is. Listen, you know me. I, my career ended not because I was a bad player, but because I wasn't available. I understand it. I trust me. I'm with you. But with that being said, again, if there's a stretch where y'all don't win, do you know how many points LeBron put up after the 50 point stretch was over? Do y'all remember? I remember the exact amount. Do y'all remember the, the, the amount of points he put up in the next game they won where he didn't score 50? I think it was like 38, 38. 33, close, 33. You are asking this of a man who has spent more of his life in the NBA than outside of it. That is what I you, get. You All can't I'm saying is them games against Orlando that he should have put them away early and they, LeBron doing fadeaways and all that against Orlando, they should have been up 15 and called it a day. They was up 16 one of them games against Orlando and they let the lead from when he had to play the whole fourth. So all I'm saying is if he would have just gone ahead and hemmed them up, and he got up out the got out of there less points. He probably be in the playing tournament at least right now. I, at the end of the day, when I look at this season from excuse me, when I look at this season from LeBron, I will forever remember it as this: the year in which we finally all knew Anthony Davis was not it. He, that's what we're gonna remember this year as, as far as what the, to ask a thirty-seven-year-old to do what you're asking LeBron to do. We have seen it. It is a tale as old as time. You talk about him missing games. We all talk about what was the last what when the last time a a older guy was asked to do this type of production. What happened? Pop goes the weasel. That's that's what's gonna happen every time for him to sit out of games here and there. I don't care about none of that. You do not ask thirty seven year olds to do this. You just don't. You just don't. And the Lakers have done so. Because of Frank Vogel's very interesting rotations, because of the fact that that uh, we've seen lesbian couples with more D than what Russell Westbrook has been putting up, because of the fact that somehow, some way, Austin Reeves, who went undrafted, Yo. Austin Yo. Reeves, who has been uh, who went undrafted, has been the third or fourth best player on the court. Malik Monk that couldn't play in Charlotte has been the third or second best player on this team. You, if anybody says that this team not making the playoffs is a Scarlett Browns record, I would very simply ask this. According to his efficiency ratings, he's the fifth most efficient player in the NBA. How much better do you expect it to get? 
Every player that's ahead of him is in the, the MVP race and is at least seven years younger than him. So how much better does it get? Y'all tell me, because I, I I might be crazy. This, I listen, he's playing listen, as well as you can expect from a 37-year-old. I, I hear you, but some of them games where LeBron lingered it and let the game get close, he could have put him away, had less Again, points. Again, we, we can say that all we different. want. We can say that all we want, but the the our eye test does not outweigh what is analytically there. The eye test doesn't outweigh. You, we can talk about, oh, he take bad fadeaways when they up a lot all we want. He's still one of the most efficient players we've ever seen. So how much I'm more? I'm not even saying. I'm not even talking about efficiency. I'm just saying. So if we're demanding, were, if we're demanding perfection of a 37 year old, that to me is the but grand that, opening, but that, grand close, and the why he's the goat. That's the grand is, opening, is grand that, close, and no, why no, he's no. the goat. Is that is that not? I mean, exactly. He's in goat talk, so we we hold him accountable for being a goat. That standard. But this is what I'm saying. Nobody was talking about Jordan and Washington saying, hey, bro, you can't miss no games, bro. bro, bro you scoring has made situation. you miss a lot. But that, retired that, when Jordan was 37, back. he was in Washington. That's I'm comparing 37 to 37. He retired. Jordan didn't yes. take care of his body. Jordan came back because he probably had Hold on, so it's LeBron. That's why so Jordan LeBron, came So wait, LeBron had to jump in the time machine and tell that's, Jordan, that's, that's, hey, bro, that's leave that's Magic City. Leave that's the casino, say, bro. bro. Hey, put them say, cigars bro. down, bro. That bourbon, that maker's mark ain't no good for you, bro. Bro, I got to do that Look, now. That, that's, that's not the same only because the narrative around the play. Look, the, he, he, what? We just got to be realistic about it. One, LeBron, as as much as you want to say, like, hey, they didn't put together a good team. We know that LeBron has enough pool to put together the rosters that he plays on. Mm-hmm. So the first person that's that's to blame for this poor assembly of a team is LeBron. But here's Set- my question. Here, here, okay. here's my question. Uh, you know, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish because you gave me the last two times. So I'm gonna give you the last. So, so. LeBron won. We heard a lot of talk from him. Yo, this is one of the best teams I ever played on. Hey, we winning this season. LeBron has said those words himself about this team. Even back then when we were seven, eight years old and we was watching Jordan play on the Wizards, we knew Jordan was broke down and he was playing on the Wizards because he was trying to get into that, into that Washington ownership. We knew that was a part of him trying to become a part of that ownership team for Washington. Mm-hmm. We knew Jordan didn't have no business out there playing. And even though he didn't have no business out there playing, he was still giving you 22, 5, and 5. Right. Here's, here's my question, okay? Here's my question. And, and this is, and you know what? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm delusional here. Maybe I, there's something wrong with me, okay? Jordan was in in uh, in Washington in 2001. He was 38 at the time. Now, here's here's my question. How is it LeBron's fault that Jordan decided to go play to be a part of the ownership group? And that's not counted against him. I'm, I'm, LeBron, I'm not saying and I'm it, not it, saying this. I'm it, not saying this guy. But wait, and here's, here's my other here's my other other part for this of why I know that at the end of the day, you can say what you want about LeBron put the teams together, LeBron get folks paid, tell who not to get paid, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, there is still a GM there for a reason. Regardless of what you think about LeBron, Rob Palenka still got a million dollar yeah. salary as well. He's making the Kings ransom. Look, I'm, so, I'm not into the Jordan-LeBron uh, debate as far as the go. I settled that a, lo- a long time ago. I'm talking about this season with LeBron. All right, you asked us, is this scoring title help him or hurt him? I think it ultimately hurts him. I'm sorry. And and, and to me, 
again, you have supplanted Jordan for another record. It means something. It means something to say, hey, listen, y'all can say what y'all want about what I did or didn't do this season. But what you can't say is that there was ever a player who was performing at this level at this age. You've never seen it. You've never seen you, it. You, you're not taking that from. But what I'm saying is, you got to at least get into the tenth seed, big fella. It's, I hear you. The West. I the West you. is actually pretty bad now. Joker was been out his second, third, and fourth option for sixty five percent of the season. Sixty five percent of the season, and he's not in the playing tournament. The Grizzlies are twenty and two without their best player. But that, Chris, that's the point. That's the point. You see how these players can sustain and survive without guys? The Lakers are listen, not that. Listen, the Lakers listen, aren't listen, that. Listen, Gibbs, listen, Gibbs. If All the Lakers were 18 is, and 2 without LeBron, bro, do you know what they would be right now based on what he's doing <laughs> with that? I Come know. On, I know, Gibbs. But what I'm saying to you is LeBron was there for at least 50 games. 45 would get him in the playing and not even be in the ninth or 10th seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. At the end of the day, if, if we're talking about whether or not this helps or hurts, it's very subjective. There's no right answer to this. But like Josh said in the beginning, when we look back over this in the history, to me, there is you... In these arguments, people draw conclusions based on the information they're given, right? For example, Jordan never lost in the finals. Therefore, he's the greatest winner. You're given, you're given that he's 6-0 in the final. You're given he never lost. You're given every time he went, he won. You're given LeBron did not. You're given LeBron went and mm-hmm. lost. How many How many finals has LeBron lost? Six? He's lost six yeah. finals? He's four and five, six. Five? Yeah. Okay. Four and six. So six finals lost. Okay. So you say he lost six. With the information that we're given here, league leader in scoring, multiple 50-point games, where if he did not score 50, they do not win, and you miss the playoffs. If you combine that information to, to have the belief, to have the idea that maybe this wasn't a terrible team, I would simply tell you, put that stuff down. It ain't no good for you. It ain't no good. No, and, 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 this is the first team that, that everybody said this not going to work, but I don't see how it works. This is the first LeBron-led team that everybody in the media said, I don't see it working. Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hand, but we'll see how it go. I had not – I and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I did not see one, one person other than Kim Gibbs that said this team got better since the year before. Gibbs is the only person that said you do a just about the analytics. I looked at the analytics. Okay, I didn't look at the. I didn't look at the eye test. I just looked at the analytics, and I was wrong. All the Lakers jokes was old team that, but we need to get to the next topic anyway. It's one of my favorite topics. Next topic, man. All right, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on because we we talking about LeBron and and his legacy and all that. But there's another player who I mean, his legacy ain't. Ain't nowhere but I live in Miami. Ain't nowhere but Magic City. Ain't nowhere but Pantheon. You know, somebody was talking about Pantheon the other day before they lost to the, the Pistons. What's going on with your boy James Harden, Chris? What's going on? Talk to us. Because I, me and hey, Josh, we, we told you. We we yeah. tried to warn you. You can't. Hey, as listen, you get man. older, as you get older, the ability to just turn it on and turn it off, it kind of goes away from you. And it may have slipped away from Harden. Talk to us, Chris. What's going on with your listen, boy? I got I got to get close to the mic. Kobe, and your name, I'm sorry. I- I'm sorry for disrespecting the duo you and Shaq had. I apologize. 
I will never say no stuff like that again unless it's really a Shaq and Kobe. Like, y'all would have to make clones of Shaq and Kobe, and then I'll say, okay, that's really Shaq and Kobe. I apologize. Hey, let I'm, me tell you something. We're gonna be we're gonna be looking at the modern version, possibly with uh Kate and Chet, but that's another story for another time. Now, Chris, what what brought you to this this uh I guess revelation listen. is the word? Yeah, listen, yeah, what, listen, what brought listen. you this? What bought me this? I went to go see Hard and Live in Philly last yeah. weekend, mm-hmm. or this past weekend. And it's like even the Philly fan, like Philly fan, now I learned this because I was there in Philly. So Philly fans are one of a kind. Like, mm-hmm. I've been to TD Garden. I've been to Madison Square Garden. New York fans and Boston fans, they pretty bad. Like, it don't get worse than New York. But Philly, when I talk about downright brutal, I was sitting over in the section 116 in row seven. So real close to the floor, like almost on the floor, like seven rows back from the floor. It was a guy screaming at the top of his lungs with his baby on his lap. <laughs> Would y'all believe me if I told y'all James Harden gonna be top 25 in scoring? He showed not playing like it since he's been in Philly with his kid crying on his he didn't care about the baby crying. He wanted to make sure James Harden heard him. He wanted to make sure James Harden heard him say, You're gonna be top 25 in scoring. Nobody here believes that. Mm-hmm. So James Harden, my message to James Harden is if you don't erupt in these playoffs and go back to 2017, Harden. You're washed. I'm sorry. You are in the idea situation. You got to the team you wanted to be on for the second time. You're healthy. Uh, If you're on the court, you're healthy. I don't want to hear that. He might be dealing with some nagging hamstring. I don't want to hear that. You're healthy if you're on the court. And you have the MVP prop. The the most likely, I think he should be MVP, even though it's a tough debate between Joker and Giannis. Very close race this year. Joel Embiid has been playing out of this world. He's been available. Tobias Harris picked up his play after the first couple games he played with you. Matisse Thibault is looking like he's going to be first team all defense. Tyrese Maxey, as a second year player, is looking better than Russell Westbrook. And you have Danny Green off the bench. You got Doc Rivers, who's a selling coach, but I mean, Doc Rivers gets you regular season wins. Like, Doc, Rez- oh, Doc Rivers might be the. The greatest regular season coach ever, like literally, might be. Uh, but you you got a, a, a roster that's eight nine guys deep. You got the best player in the East between him and Giannis. You're in the ideal situation. You're top four seed. You don't even have to work in the play in tournament. You get to take that take that time off. You have no excuse, Harden. Harden. The 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 pressure that's on Harden right now is heavier than it's ever been. If he don't produce in Philly right now. I don't think he's going to get a super max. I don't, unless he go want to go to Sacramento or something. Whew. Josh, what you thinking, man? What's what's what do you think is wrong with Harden at this point? Um, I just think Harden's in his early thirties. I know it's kind of weird to. I know it's kind of kind of weird to think of like that astronomical of a drop for a player that has been an MVP candidate pretty much every season for like the past four or five seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think we've got so used to superstars being anomalies uh, across these sports. We're spoiled by being able to see LeBron. Uh, we're spoiled by being able to see Steph Curry. That this is the age where players are supposed to drop off. We've been spoiled by being able to see Kevin Durant. And I mean, put a pass since he's come to Houston, James Harden work ethic has been taken into question. And I think just that lack of work ethic, that lack of being healthy, um, the lack of putting in work, 
the lack of putting in work, you know, during the off season, after games, whatever the case may be, that lack of having chemistry with your teammates. I mean, the past few teams he's been on, we've kind of come to the conclusion that Harden is, is not a not necessarily a morale booster in the locker room. So I think all of those things have just caught up to him. And mm-hmm. I, I you don't really see these things like on television, but I saw Harden play uh, the, the Pistons beat Philly uh, last Thursday. And like watching him play in person, I think Harden has gotten so so used to being a one-trick pony that if the referees are on his side or you got some smart defensive players going up against them, it's not much that that Philly can do with him handling the ball. Like the team runs so much better with Harden on the bench. You got Maxi at the point. And I'm going to say this. He might not boost that morale, but he showed him a night out. Our boy know how to say it's hard know how to take somebody out. Do y'all see him and little baby hanging out? Oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what? And and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm a, that is the exact problem. When we think about what James Harden is known for at this point in his career, that's the problem. You're a professional, dude. Nobody is expecting every player to be Kobe. Nobody is expecting every player to be Braun. Nobody is expecting every player to be Jordan. We're not expecting that. But we do acknowledge that Rodman is a one-in-a-million anomaly. He's the only one that can go out, party, have a great time, and still show up yeah. and give great effort. That stuff, we all know it. It's the science. You cannot beat science. You cannot beat that which is known. And what You have to take care of your body. You have to get your rest. You can't go left. <laughs> Chris, Chris have you, did you notice that watching that game? Yeah, bro. That man can't dribble left. He he he, he can Which is weird left. for a left hand shooter. One move. He close off one that move left. Uh, close off that right one side. Don't follow him on the jump shot. He's at the point in his career where he's missing a lot of them. You give him somebody at the basket, if they don't call a foul, he not finishing yeah, the contact. Yeah, he not even drop his shoulder no more. Like, he used to drop the shoulder and get into the cup. I watched Kate Cunningham, who was a 19-year-old, strip this man clean five times in one half. Hey, listen, listen. Watch the Christmas game where Harden was out there with no KD Kyrie. Watch the Christmas game. That Harden, if he did that every game, night in, night out, just watch the highlights. Harden bought that game. He got to the rim that game. Also, Russell Westbrook was checking him, but but I was well, just about to say who was checking him on the Lakers. Well, Come Russell Westbrook now. and Malik Monk, right. Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk was switching off him because Patty Mills was going off as well. But Harden did everything from the beginning of the game yep. to the end of the game. I was, and you know what? I was in the gym. I was in the gym because it was it was Christmas. I was back home. I was working out with my nephew, watching that game. And I said, "Bro, is this Patty Mitt? Patty Mills, <laughs> but that but, was Patty but, Mills' career but, high but, game. But but Gibbs, but Gibbs, but Gibbs, Harden opened the door for Patty. If you remember that first half, they couldn't stop Harden. Then they started throwing doubles at him, and that's how Patty Mills got off. Harden was getting to the basket, finding Patty Mills still. He not even doing that in Philly. He literally dribbled down court, give it to the next person next to him. They throw it to Embiid. If he open, he is shooting. But he hasn't shot over forty one percent since he's been in Philly. I got you. I got it. Again, this is this is a very simple, very simple case to me. We don't need Sherlock Holmes and Watson on it. As you get older, you first of all, you're supposed to lay the baseline in general to take care of yourself, to not be out moving all reckless, doing whatever. But as you get older, that switch disappears. The things that you could do when you were 26, as far as wake up, roll out of bed, do what you got to do. It changes. You have to take better care of your body. 
We watch it time and time again. We have seen time and time again that uh, the guys who don't take care of themselves, the guys who don't take care of their bodies, they end up in in what we're seeing right now with Hart. That's what happens. Sorry for the camera movement, but that's what happens. That's what happens. We're seeing that again with uh, with James Harden right now. We're seeing. And yes, I know that this is the natural course of professional athletics and, and naturally your body wears down over time and all that. I get that. What I'm saying is what we're seeing right now with Harden, you can't turn the switch on no more. You can't turn it on. That's that's the deal. That's what's happening. I honestly think in a seven-game series, you might get one and a half games where Harden turn the switch on. One and a half. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, fellas, we're going we gonna to breeze through this uh, these NBA standings, and then we're going to get to um, the first ever Slandies. And this is going to be the last thing after the uh, – this these here – um, the NBA standings are the last thing, and then we'll get straight to the Slandy. So, in looking at the NBA standings, we talked about what we thought would change and what wouldn't. The Celtics have jumped the Bucks, so it is now in the East: the Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Bulls, Raptors, and then in the play-in, you've got the Cavs, Hawks, Hornets, Nets, and um, the the Knicks have pretty much been eliminated. Yeah, the Knicks have definitely been eliminated. So yeah. that's pretty much yeah. it for the uh, for the um, East. And as far as the play-in goes, the Cavaliers are two and a half games behind the Raptors. There is the Hornets and Nets are top. At, they're dead even. Nets hold the tiebreaker. So no, Hornets West, hold the tiebreaker. I'm sorry, Hornets. Yes, Hornets hold the tiebreaker. My bad. And then in the West, we got the Suns. One, Grizzlies two, Warriors three, Mavs four, Nuggets five, Jazz six, Timberwolves seven, but they're one and a half games back of the Jazz, so they could clear it. Um, Clippers eighth, Pelicans ninth, Spurs tenth, and again, the Spurs are two games ahead of the Lakers. Uh, They are one game behind the Pelicans, and that's where a pretty good gap happens between the Pelicans and the Clippers. So any more movement y'all think is coming? Um, no, I think everything is staying put for the most part. I know Chicago and Toronto might flip just because Chicago is still dealing with health issues. And they just said Lonzo done for the rest of the season, which which we assumed. Um, But I think everything out east stays the same. I think uh, Milwaukee stays in that street three spot and they're making it through the first round, whether they face Chicago or Toronto. Um, Out west. Out West, I don't think we'll get any movement either. I think the only thing that a lot of us are paying attention to is if the Lakers, you know, jump up, but Lakers losing tonight. So that's already done. And I think that Dallas and Golden State might flip just because without Steph healthy, um, Golden State has been playing catch up. They've been playing good recently, but they've been playing catch up in a lot of their games and um, going into the playoffs. I just think that's a recipe for disaster. So I think those those two teams flip spots. Okay, Chris, what you got? I think the East pretty solid. I think the Bucks drop down below Philly just because I think they're gonna rest everybody because Middleton got a little nagging injury. I think they're gonna get right, get healthy. They know they don't need to be a top seed to win in the East. Um, it should be interesting. You should see Boston, Miami, and the Bucks. That should be pretty three, three, and you could throw the Sixers in there because Embiid. Those four teams, if they all play each other, that should be pretty good basketball for us on the East. Um, the Nets. I ain't going to lie to y'all, bro. If they see Miami, Boston, or Milwaukee, I think they out of there. 
I honestly, no Ben Simmons. I think they out of they can't defend me. So I don't think you can <laughs> defend Jason Tatum. So um out west though, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, bro. The Jazz, it's time to pull the plug. I think they about to drop to the Timberwolves. They done blew two 16-point leads. And it's not because of Snyder. It's simply because of the Jazz just don't know how to close a game. And yes, you could blame the coach for that, but a lot of it is they're getting great looks and they're just not converting. Mike Conley's older. Donovan Mitchell has been, eh, he's been okay. He ain't been balling like usual. I think, and honestly, people call me crazy, but I said Donovan Mitchell's so good at a rookie. I don't think he got too many more levels he really can get to. Like he could get better, but he's not going to dr- drastically get better. He came in already polished. Like Tatum was a worse, a worse player when they came in the league. But Tatum had a couple more levels that he could hit because he's 6'8", you know, and he could still get to the basket more, shoot the ball better. Dalvin Mitchell is pure athleticism, and when you got sprained ankle injuries like he's been dealing with, it's hard to get hit to his best performance. So I think the Timberwolves actually clear that because they, 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 the Timberwolves been hooping this year. The Clippers and the Pelicans, they first-round exit. Spurs, first-round exits. But I think the Timberwolves and Golden State, depend on the health of Steph or the Timberwolves and Dallas, be a pretty good series because Anthony Edwards ain't been no slug slug and Carthy Towns, he he dropping 60 this year. So I think the West is gonna be interesting. The East pretty much the top four scenes go we be there. But I don't know who coming out the West right now, man. It's it's crazy in the West. Hey man, let me let me just say this. I I don't think there'll be any movement, but you know, for a team that's that's way out of this thing, I I gotta say it. You know, I'm I'm not supposed to do this, but you know, I, I'm allowed to be biased on this show. Hey, listen, Dame, I know you want to leave them trailblazers, man. I know you want to leave them on behind. I know that's a sinking <laughs> ship. You need to jump off it, you know. And uh, I'm not saying that uh, the Pistons are a rising ship that you should think about joining. I'm not saying that, but, you know, I mean. Did y'all hear his interview with Shannon Sharp? No, but everybody in Portland seems to be pretty high on that Jeremy Grant character. So, you know, Dame, hey, just think hey. about it. Think about it. Well, what did he say in this interview with Shannon Sharp? Basically, he said that the era of basketball that he loved watching the most um, is why he's staying in Portland. He said, those guys, the narrative is always they went and found happiness in winning. But I want to win where I started at and the journey to get to that winning. He said, what Giannis did is something I see myself doing. The difference between him and Giannis is Giannis 6'11", and he can do anything on the court. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not only yeah, that ain't happening, big dog. There's there's another difference. There's another difference. You see, the the Bucks haven't been that great at drafting, but you know what they have done? There's this fun thing called free agency, and they're going to get a lot of good guys. You know that Middleton guy that's his second in command? Came out of free agency, I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Or was that a trade? Oh, no, they no, traded. No, he, traded got traded. he got traded. They okay, traded I'm for sorry. everything they got, basically. I'm sorry. So they traded for everything they got. So the front office was making pretty good moves, huh? I mean, they make good moves. So you know, role players, mid-level exceptions. The Blazers go without and grab Portland? Tony Snell. Oh, I was about to say. I was about to, we told them, Bro. get Dave some help. And they said, yeah. I ain't going to You available? You, you, ready to give us a, you ready to give us a triple nothing? You mean the triple double? No, a triple nothing. Zero, 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 <laughs> zero, zero. I ain't zero, gonna lie, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I knew Dane was cooked when he said if him and CJ had a little more help, they'd do better. And they went and got bro Norman Powell. Like no disrespect to Norman Powell. <laughs> he a bucky. But that ain't no no small for help you give Dame and CJ, bro. And then they said, okay, bro, Norman Powell wasn't enough. We're gonna give you Covington. 
Like, like I get Covington a real good defender, but dang. Honestly, no honestly, Covington is one of their best moves in free agency. Who else did they pick up? Myers Leonard? Like, come on, dog. Come on, man. Y'all <laughs> pack them up. Pack them up. Get them out of here, man. Get them out of here. But in, in all seriousness, um, yeah, no, I don't really see too much going. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, yes, and uh, non-binary folks, we have our first ever Slandy Awards. We're going to give each person on the show a little time to talk about certain takes that they absolutely nailed with the slander. Whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Whoever wants the floor. I'm going to go ahead and go first. And I got two uh, Slandy Awards to go for the first ever Slandies. Okay. Uh, the first award, the first award that I am giving out is to myself. Mm. Okay. At the start of the season, y'all were all in shock, but I say even though they got poor spacing, they got enough big bodies and veteran leadership to have a good enough defensive team to be first in the Western Conference. And I said that the Lakers were going to be first in the West at the start of the season. Now, I know we got a hashtag for this show. Gibbs is wrong. But uh, <laughs> I was wrong. That might have been the worst take I've had in the whole 100 episodes that we've had the Facts Over Acts podcast. Okay. All right. Um, the second ever slanty, because I want to keep this close to home. The second slanty that I'm giving out, and Gibbs, forgive me, because this is my team too. I'm giving it to the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving it to the Detroit Lions because, one, we we had a coach in place that was a good coach. And I think we have a good coach now. But we proceeded to have one of the worst seasons ever. And they they don't get this slanty because we're used to the Lions having terrible seasons. Mm-hmm. And with what they've drafted with this current coaching staff, with this current regime, we can see that the Lions actually do decent in a draft. But if there was ever a season for you to try and for you to try to give some 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 experience to your young players and try not to lose games, this wasn't the season because we're walking into one of the worst NFL drafts ever. And we have the number two pick to draft from a crop of players that's this NFL draft is the equivalent to the 2013 NBA draft. Yikes. Yeah. So we might be seeing Anthony Bennett go number one <laughs> to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lord Jesus. So my slanties are both Detroit homegrowns. One is actual person hosted the show me and the other one I got to give to the Lions. Okay. All right, Chris, who's your slanty? Go ahead, Giz. I'll go last. Well, I'll go last. Y'all know where I'm going. Can I share my screen? <laughs> can, I, can I share my screen? Josh, help me share my screen. I, I'm trying to share my screen so that all the people can see it. Is that a possibility? Uh, I am not I sure. You you can try. Okay, so I see it, but it's a little. It's a little. Uh, I'd have to work with it for a little bit. Let's. See. All right. Well, well, well. Let me show y'all something. Let's see from that actual three years ago. They can't Literally, see it all too well. It, it's not. It's not seen. Do nah, I need to I'm, go I'm, to? So go ahead. Go ahead and in your stream and just just let them know. J- just let them know what okay. we're looking at right now. All right. Well, well, y'all are looking at a tweet. From uh the the from my Twitter, okay, my official Twitter. Yeah, I'm verified, so I get to say my official Twitter. You know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> from my Twitter, from March 8, 2019, before this man had ever coached an NFL game, 
I feel bad for Kyler Murray, not because of his life situation. He won there. But Cliff Kingsbury hasn't shown anything as a head coach. He's diet Sean McVay at best and was unable to muster eight wins with Pat Mahomes in the Big 12 at the helm in reality. And Murray will be blamed if they fail. I'm giving us I'm giving a slandy to not only Cliff Kingsbury, but the national media and anybody else who feels like, oh, this this here team or oh, Kyler Murray isn't likable. Can y'all tell me how I predicted this three years ago when everybody thought that Kyler was this super fun guy and everybody's like, oh, Kyler's super lovable. Everybody likes Kyler. How did I know that Kyler was going to be blank again? If you think I'm lying, go to my Twitter and look it up. You go to my Twitter. You can search words now. Search up KK. Search up Kyler Murray. Search up whatever you want. And I guarantee you, you will find a tweet. I don't have the technology yet to, to change my dates on my tweet to back in time. March 8th, 2019. Okay? That is my first Slandy. My second Slandy? Oh, Tibbs. Come on. Come here, Tibbs. We told y'all. Everybody told us that we was haters and that we were wrong. And oh, Tibbs doesn't play his players too much. He just demands they play hard. Look at these boys now. And you want to know the worst part about this? RJ Barrett has stepped up and has been amazing for the Knicks down the stretch. He's been, he hasn't been good. He's been flat out amazing. Bro, he on the same level as Paul George in Indiana was. Paul George better now, but he's on that that level now. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) You have a second year player stepping up and being the the really, honestly, second, maybe third best player out of his draft class at the moment as far as playing goes. And this is how you repay him, Tibbs. This is what you do. But again, we told y'all Tibbs is good for a year because he's going to make everybody play hard. He's going to make them play a lot. But his personality wears down on people. It is it playing yeah. under a coach like that when you're making 10 times more than him gets real annoying real quick. So there's that. Tibbs and Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, two coaches that I told y'all from a mile away. Frauds. Everybody said, oh, the, the Cardinals uh, wilted down the stretch. Y'all go look up Coach Cliff Kingsbury's second half of the season records in college and tell me what you find. <laughs> tell me what you find. Because y'all know better than me. Everybody know the game better than me. So tell me what y'all find about Cliff Kingsbury. And I'm done. I'm, I yield my time. Chris Allen, what you got? Oh, boy. Y'all know where I'm going <laughs> first. Oh, my God. I was just point out something. This season just just, just help me so much with my slandy. I'm going to throw it right over there to DC. Them Wizards, boy, I told you they going to find a way. Gibbs was like, are these Wizards for real? They the number one seed. I'm like, Gibbs, it's the Wizards. The wi- the, the Wizards let a 5'9 point guard the day after his sister died. God rest your soul. I'm not talking crap. But they let him go for 50 almost and put them out the playoffs. But John Wall, you 6'3, you're all first team all defense. You let a 5'9 point guard with rookies next to him put you out the playoffs. I'm sorry, Wizards. I'm sorry, Wizards. Y'all will forever, ever get a slandy for me. 
Hey, you know, I got I, I could pick, bro. I was sitting here, I got some paper and I was counting down to 10. I couldn't pick. So I gotta give out a half a slandy and another half a slandy. I'm sorry. But it's two Go good ahead. teams in Go the ahead. West. It's two good teams. The Kings and them Clippers. Oh my God. The Cl- <laughs> bro, bro. The Clippers really did all of that to get Paul George and Kawhi over there. And them boys ain't sniff up. Uh, they got one playoff series. They building them a new arena in 2025. The arena is under construction right now. They building them boys a new arena to hang no banners, to hang nothing. <laughs> I mean, they they going they going to get in the playoff. This is their their LA is their town, right? Oh my god. Oh my God. I'm talking about people were saying this Clippers team is, they got a lot of rough riders. They got the best team on defensively on paper we've ever seen. They was comparing them to the Bulls, 96 Bulls team. Oh my God. This Clippers team was supposed to be let. When I tell you this Clippers team was supposed to go down in the history books the way people talked about them. Kawhi Leonard, Paul. I don't even think Kawhi Leonard going to play another five seasons. I think Kawhi Leonard going to retire in the next two. That's how. That's how bad the Clippers organization is. Has Kawhi played this year? No, he hasn't sniffed a basketball this year. My Lord. Nope. And the Kings, y'all made a move at the deadline and traded away y'all future in Halliburton? And since the bonus is going to be what we need to get into the play-in, and you still missed the play-in? You gave up your future to go into win now for a play-in spot? This is just something the Kings just do. You remember they traded Boogie when they were the AFC? They traded Boogie to the Pelicans and the Pelicans took the AFC? Hey, can I yep. can I jump in? Can I jump in on this Slandy real quick? Because Yes, yes, please. Please know, tag you in, brother. Y'all know who my guy is. The guy that I always say should have been one of the greats and never got a shot because he was on the Kings. Tyreek Evans. You were, there was a thing that happened with Tyreek Evans that I forgot to mention. Tyreek Evans in his rookie year was a point guard. They yep. tried to make him be a wing from his second year forward. And he moved yeah. to the three. He was a small forward. That was the problem. They moved him from the one to the three after he put up historic numbers that have only been matched up to this point by Ron <laughs> Luca, Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain, and I want to say maybe Kareem. I don't know if Kareem had five assists. I, 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 listen, Gibbs. Over, it was, I know those four players for sure. L- l- listen, Gibbs. Listen, Gibbs. Listen, Gibbs. I'm glad you brought that up. Because you remember the year they traded DeMarcus Cousins to the Pelicans? Mm-hmm. Tyreek yeah. Evans was on the Pelicans. And guess what position he played, Gibbs? Yeah, he played point. He played point guard, Gibbs. He played point guard. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, that was Tyreek after about five knee surgeries and three suspensions. That that was the Tyreek. And the booger sugar. Well, we, we didn't want to talk about the booger sugar, but it was snowfall for sure over there. And that, he, still, <laughs> he still found a way. To do good things. Kings, y'all gonna get a slandy every year. I don't care. Until y'all <laughs> yep. listen, listen. The, the, I will I will give y'all that y'all got robbed out of that series against the Lakers way, 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 way back in the day. But since then, y'all say, you know what? If the NBA gonna rob us, we're gonna rob ourselves first so that they don't even get the chance. And you've been doing this successfully. You if, have if I recall been, correctly, did wasn't um a deal on the table for 
uh, the Lakers to trade some draft picks in order to get Buddy Hield over here before they decide. Yeah, to go yeah, to Westbrook. yeah, and, and they, they wasn't gonna have to give up nothing but draft did, picks. And they, did they get did they get any draft picks in return trading for Sabonis, or Sabonis was the only piece that they got? When they no, they got Sabonis and they got a, two second rounds, and they got Sabonis and another guy, and then Buddy Hield and Tyler Herlebert went to the Pacers. <laughs> Again, they listen. I get it. I get it. Okay, but let me tell y'all a fun story about back at Cast Tech. They called a touchdown back every single game in the playoffs because Witcher told us it was going to happen, and it did every single game in the state playoffs. Y'all know what we didn't do, Kings? We didn't say, "Well, if they gonna sell us, we gonna sell ourselves." We we decided, hey, you know what? We gonna figure it out. We gonna make it. We gonna make a way. We gonna make a way to win these games. Y'all boys sell yourselves so regularly that people are saying, "Oh, this is bloody D by far." Y'all been selling well before Vladdy got there. And after Vladdy leaves, y'all still going to sell. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. So, you know, let's make no bones about that. But anywho, thank y'all so very much for coming out to the first, to the inaugural Slandies. We will be coming back with this either every year or every 100 episodes. Not sure which one yet, but we'll figure it out along the way. Y'all keep riding with us. Come on back next week. And the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah.